Hello, I'm India and welcome to the third series of Starter Ripple, the podcast that celebrates moving in nature. This series is sponsored by Island Feather, an amazing brand that creates high quality multi-purpose fitness wear and events. Island Feather's mission is to support you to live a healthy life, discover what makes you happy and create a community of support and care for one another. For me, having just become a mum, their motto, find your freedom, resonates more than ever, and I'm stoked to have them as a sponsor. Okay, it's time to introduce my guest. Dave Cornthwaite is a record-breaking adventurer, best-selling author, and award-winning community leader with a habit of doing things differently. Dave is on an ongoing mission called Expedition 1000, taking on 25 different non-motorised journeys, each over 1,000 miles in distance. He has completed 15 journeys so far, including skateboarding 3,618 miles across Australia, paddleboarding 2,404 miles of the Mississippi, and tandem cycling 1,396 miles between Vancouver and Las Vegas. He's the founder of Say Yes More, and with his wife Em, runs the Big Sky Hideaway in Lincolnshire, where you can camp a frisbee throwaway from smiling alpacas. Dave says, if you're ever caught between two decisions, always go for the one that makes the best story. Okie dokie, right, so let's start. Hi Dave, and welcome to the Start a Ripple podcast. Hey India, thanks for having me. It's great. It's great to have you. Um, so lots of questions for you. Uh, the yes man, I'm sure you get you get told a lot. Um, so can you start by giving me a little brief about your background? Wowza. Um, yeah, so I guess in a nutshell, uh, an interesting version of me maybe started in 2005 when I quit my last job. And then I decided on that day um, to to say yes more. I just, I was a really miserable, depressed young adult and didn't really know what I was up to. So one of the things that I said yes to after adopting that motto was a long skateboard. And I decided that I'd, I'd take that skateboard a long, long way. I crossed Australia and then I got a book deal after that because obviously no one crosses Australia on a skateboard. And it started this new, kind of pattern of life which has taken me on all kinds of adventures different corners of the globe different social projects I'm just really interested in experimenting and I don't really care too much about being a master or even very good at things but I I do like trying new stuff and uh, I don't think that's gonna end for quite a while (laughs) yeah and I mean the places it's taken you the people that you've met from simply saying yes was it was it when you you, were you sat behind your desk and you just thought, I can't do this anymore? And did you have a sort of an epiphany about this whole idea of saying yes then? Or when was it when you suddenly had this idea? Um, it definitely wasn't an epiphany. I think like most people who find themselves pretty dissatisfied with the day-to-day humdrum of, of work that they don't enjoy, uh, it, it stews for a long time and hopefully at some point you kind of build up the courage bravery or maybe even luck to to take a leap and for me yeah it was definitely on my mind for for a good good while I was kind of like a PlayStation addict and and all of that stuff I just hid away I said no a lot and on my 25th birthday I woke up and just thought wow I've been alive for a quarter century 
and what have I done? What a waste, you know? And I just, I had a good think and thought, okay, I think it's because I'm saying no a lot and just doing the same things every single day. So at least I'm going to give it a go and, and, and try doing new stuff and, and see where it takes me. And luckily it's, it's been quite the journey. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever get people, because there's, is it, there's a film, isn't it? With, um, oh, um, comedian. You're going to say yes, man. Yeah. With Jim, yes, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Yeah. Did you ever get people sort of relating you to that film? Yeah, all the time. Although for me, saying yes more is is a really wise thing and saying yes to everything like Jim does in the film or like Danny Wallace who wrote the the book that the film was made about they said yes to everything and that's that's just that's <laughs> dangerous expensive yeah. exhausting you know that yeah that's um yeah. that's going to run out of steam pretty fast so for me you know the yes thing is just all about taking and making the most of opportunities, um, even even when they're not evident. And the more you do that, the more you learn about yourself, the more you learn about what you don't want to do just as much as what you do. And yeah, and, and all the while, it's amazing how doors just start to open as soon as you start kind of identifying almost everything as an opportunity. Yeah, I guess it's about, yeah, like you say, <laughs> say you're, you know, the founder of say yes more, not say yes every time. Yeah, <laughs> that is the exactly. key. We still need boundaries <laughs> in this world. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you've actually created a community from, from this idea. Um, say yes more community. And you've got the say yes bus as well. How did this all come into fruition? Like it, it's, it's, yeah. it's happened and you created this tribe of people. I, I know that I first found out about you through um, Haley, who runs a paddle cabin. She was one of the Say Yes leaders, I think. Um, and she was just like, it's amazing. It's so positive. I love, I love doing stuff with Dave and it's great. Um, so yeah, how, how did the community build and how did you create that? Yeah, well, I don't know. I've, I've got an answer for some of it. And the rest is just, I guess, sitting back and letting a good idea take hold. Um, I I travelled for a good 10 years, often by myself, and met so many people. And this kindness of strangers is never more evident, even in a place you've never been to before, when you're in the middle of an adventure, when you've got an icebreaker, a story, a paddleboard into Memphis, or ride a recumbent bike into Fallon, Nevada, or I don't know, all, all manner of things. And I, I just found that making friends when you walked into a room or paddled into a town with a big smile, um, you know, sweaty and vulnerable, I guess, because you don't have a place to stay and all of that stuff living on the road. I, I love I love that lifestyle and I lived it for a good decade. And then every time I came back to England, especially into cities, I that kindness of strangers wasn't evident and you know it's pretty natural in an urban area everyone's got their own home and they bounce from home or most people have their own home they bounce from home to work to train station and back again life is fast and busy and heads are down and it's um yeah it's harder to get people's attention I suppose and back in 2015 I came back from from a, a project and thought you know what I know that these people are are good and kind they just don't seem to have time for any of that so I decided to try and turn my Facebook audience who are following my adventures into real humans just to see whether they 
weren't robots. And I did it by inviting people camping on a school night and 19 strangers turned up underneath the train station clock in Liverpool Street. And we took a train out for half an hour, got to know each other around a campfire. And that was the beginning of the yes trip. I did it again and again, maybe maybe 20 different campouts in the summer of 2015. And by the end of the summer, we had over a thousand people in a Facebook group I'd set up. And the idea was, well, there wasn't really an idea other than I think it'd be quite funny just to see who turns up on this first one. And then the second camp out 25 rocked up and then 35 and it was mad. But people started doing things that they just been talking about beforehand because they were then surrounded by the type of people who go camping with strangers near London. And that's the crowd that I want to hang out with when I'm when I'm in the UK. And and I there was just a huge amount of energy through the the building of this thing. I never really kind of set out with a with a grand plan. And even now I know what it stands for and I know what people get out of it. Uh, but it's so varied as a community and obviously every individual comes with their own personalities and dreams and it's just it's just a good support network to go out there and make the most of our precious time just I guess it's about bringing like-minded souls together isn't it um and yeah. by doing that you know people feel at home they feel present they feel accepted and and because I've lived in London for a few years and I felt really lonely. That's probably one of my loneliest time was living in London, had the dead end job, had, did all of that. And it wasn't until I moved out to a smaller community by the sea that I've suddenly felt me. But there's no reason why I couldn't have found that in London. It was just accessing it wasn't there. And, and so I can totally see why doing something like this in a big city is so important. And it shows that it is possible to live that city life, but still live the outdoors life too. You know, you're only a train journey away from the countryside. When you took, when you did these camping trips, were they wild camping or were they in an actual campsite? Because I know that wild camping is a, and I've done my research on you, is a, is one of your favourite things. Yeah, no, it was all wild camping. Heaven oh, forbid cool. we go to a normal campsite, so what, <laughs> which is an just... irony now. Cause... <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, because yeah. um... we'll, we'll come on to that later. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, the I just love wild camping. I mm-hmm. and and it, that love has come from my adventures. And I I think often, you know, a big question mark, even if someone wants to go on a big bike ride or a long walk or something with a bag on their back, uh, is where do I sleep at night? And it's expensive to get hotels and all of that. And for me, you know, wild camping all over the world is just one of my favorite things. One, it's free. Two. I really like when dusk start to arrive and I still don't know where I'm going to sleep. But the fact that I don't know where I'm going to sleep means that nobody else does for sure. And therefore, it's just beautifully safe as long as you just take yourself off the beaten track. And yeah, from riverbanks on the Mississippi to uh, concrete roadside construction tubes in the Atacama Desert in Chile, uh, Japanese playgrounds the turrets right up the top of the of the thing kind of 30 meters up I just I just really dig sleeping in weird places and um the thing is when you come back to England wild camping is kind of gently illegal yeah yeah <laughs> so it, it is. you know imagine trying to hide 50 people away yeah. uh, in a in a, in in a kind of a green space within the M25 I 
I really relished that challenge and it was it was magic often you know now and then a dog walker would come around and be a bit surprised but everyone was really nice and friendly and just to like hello um you know good morning rather than we've moved in with our tents and we're staying here forever you know it's one of the reasons I love um, Scotland because you don't mm. it's it's okay to wild camp in Scotland um but my partner and I we have a camper van and we've done it a lot around um Cornwall but it's always like oh you're always a bit yeah. on edge because you never know but we did the NC500 last year and it was so nice to just think we are allowed to do this and no one's going to be moving us on and as long as it's done mm. with respect isn't it I think that's the thing with wild camping it's probably reasons it's sort of illegal in the in England is because mm. people have abused it maybe so yeah that and just just everyone's just really really careful on their own property and yeah. it's you know and there's a reason but um you know in Scandinavia just like Scotland they've got the almonds rattan and you're allowed to camp anywhere anywhere as long as it's not in someone's front garden for two days and it's just leave no trace it's really it's really sensible it's all based on respect and care for the environment and our fellow humans and you know I think that's what what a lovely simple way to live you don't need you don't don't need laws and rules to govern that um so yeah that's exactly the the ethos the pace that we 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 started the yes tribe with and it's just continued now we've got over 105 volunteers in different regions in the uk we've got over 20 different regional tribes in the uk over 30 international ones over thirty thousand people has grown out of that original 19 and we don't kind of push it at all it's just word of mouth so it it grows with a tickle but um no one gets paid it's just worth doing because it's that's good that's the most beautiful thing i mean to mm. have something that's grown so organically and just from a little idea that you had in your head um and it just shows how how important this community is um now we will get on to another side of the camping uh a little bit, a little bit later on but I, I do want to touch on chatting to you about your expedition 1000 um because this fascinates me so 25 different journeys over 1000 miles each using a different form of non-motorized transport okay so yeah. where did this start where are you along this challenge and yeah what tell me some stories that have happened along the way uh <laughs> i'm fascinated yeah it, it came about because I I skateboarded across Australia as my first big trip and uh, although it was it was amazing and we we mentioned that beauty of turning an idea into reality and that that's that makes my world turn uh, and I think you know all of the all of the the most successful the happiest people in the world um, and I'm not putting success and happiness in exactly the same bracket, but they've all taken at least one idea and made it real. Uh, and it's it's a really simple step that a lot of people don't necessarily make, even if they talk about those big things. And for me, skateboarding across Australia was wonderful. Yes, for the journey uh, and the ambition, especially because I decided to do it two weeks after stepping onto a skateboard for the first time. No, you didn't. Simply, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh my but God. simply, I, 
you know, I'm not, I'm still not a very good skateboarder. I've never ridden a half pipe or a mini ramp or done an ollie, but I've, I've done something on a skateboard that no, no one else ever had at the time still hasn't. And I just did it because I decided to and went for it, you know, and, and there's so much that can come out of that kind of attitude. So, um, time went on and after the skateboarding trip I was you know I was feeling pretty good that it all come together but I was also massively depressed I've gone through kind of waves of of depression of various depths all the way through my my teenage world and and my adult life uh, less and less as time has gone on granted but I didn't want to go on a huge adventure and feel at my most rich and then it to it to result in depression for a little while and it's it's hormonal more than anything you know you every single day on an adventure you go through different experiences go around bends for the first time meet people overcome hurdles you're outside all the time sun on your face usually depending on where you travel and getting fit and healthy and uh, you've also got a real purpose and when that all finishes life feels really great I waited a couple of years. I did a couple more kind of random social projects, determined not to go back to being a really bad graphic designer in a cubicle, and then went on another adventure in a kayak for two and a half months, two and a half thousand kilometers down a river in Australia again called the Murray. And I was just epically depressed after that again. I just thought, this is ridiculous. The one thing I'm really missing, I think, is, is a focus, a long-term focus. I don't I want to go on these adventures, but I don't just want to feel low afterwards because I don't know what's next. So then I came up with Expedition 1000. And the idea was that I give myself something monstrously ambitious to keep working towards, keep glancing at that list, keep thinking about even when a trip had finished. Um, so it would it would give me something to hold on to, a lifeline or a safety net or just excitement. And uh, it's done exactly that. So I've completed 15 of these journeys so far. And there's, there's so many ways to travel without a motor. Some are totally viable. Some are just nonsense. <laughs> like <laughs> you never do a thousand miles on stilts or a pogo yeah. stick, you know. Um, but yeah, 15 journeys so far. And the amazing thing is I've traveled about 25,000 miles under my own steam all over the planet and learned so many things and met so many people. And I've still got 10 of these journeys. So at least 10,000 miles to go. It's taken me from 26 to 42. And I'm in no hurry. I make the rules. You know, there's no aim. While I, I've broken a few world records along the way, just simply because I decided to do something that no one has done before um, through my madness. <laughs> the aim isn't to break any records. I just want to start a journey with no training whatsoever try a form of non-motorized transport on day one take it easy for the first couple of weeks there's no excuses then because i i really i'm no athlete at all um i just got a really good yes muscle if you like yeah. and i think you know it's i'm doing it for me but if other people are going to be uh, intrigued or inspired or whatever by my trips then at least they can't say yeah but you you're a millionaire or you trained for six months and who's got the time for that? I'm just like, no, each trip comes in at less than a thousand pounds. I don't train. Uh, I just smile my way through it. And yeah. that's, it's that simple. And yeah. before you ask, I don't know what's next. I've got 10 more, but I'm, I'm really happy at the moment setting up my little campsite and 
I don't feel like going away. So at some point the time will come and I know I'll go and swim a thousand miles underwater or something. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think then for you, it's, it's just knowing that you've got this, this crazy challenge over your head that you can always grab onto every time you need it. You, you know, it's there rather than thinking, right, that, that challenge has ended and then you're back into back to square one again. It's this, this continued adventure, this continued challenge that you, that you living with your whole life. And do you think that is what kind of keeps you on the straight and narrow hmm. knowing well, straight and narrow is probably the wrong word, but keeps you feeling ha happy and healthy, knowing that you can tap into that at any point. There's no boundaries there. Um, it's there for you at any point, And you know that that is going to like fuel your soul. Yeah, I mean, for the first 10 years or so after coming up with it, until maybe 2015 2016 it was pretty much my life you know it, everything revolved around it before the yes tribe came along and and everything that's happened since then and when my attention has been divided and purely because i've i've probably got a bit more bandwidth for different things um so but I, I think having boundaries or limitations are so so healthy like it's it's easy when you thinking oh, I want to go on an adventure for your first time you could do absolutely anything and sometimes that that variety of choice just just cripples or paralyzes us um for me I know that every time an adventure comes around I want to add it to this to this to this list to this thing uh and it means that I want to go to a place I haven't been to before so slowly that you know that that's starting to narrow down I want to travel in a way I haven't traveled before do I feel like traveling on land or on water I need to go at least a thousand miles and it it helps me really focus my attention so I don't spend years just dithering and and wondering what's next I just you know it's, it, it really focuses in on and I just trust how I feel I'll I'll wake up one morning and think yeah I'm I'm gonna be ready in three months and I'll probably only plan it for six weeks, absolute max. And by plan, I'll I'll just I'll pick a route on Google Maps and I'll try and source whatever kit I need, and that's it. Like I I, I won't do too much at all because that just kills the adventure. This thing gave me an identity. You know, it wasn't. It's not every every some of the journeys are pretty spurious by themselves they're cool adventures nice to have gone and done but they don't you know it's just like why would you why would you do it really in the scheme of things but because i've got expedition 1000 all of the journeys count towards something bigger and i love that that iterative process it's like mile after mile after mile on a skateboard eventually you've skated four and a half thousand you know um and i and i really like that kind of that iterative building um that that process it's it's super cool yeah I, I there's a there's a quote that i picked out um when i was doing a little bit of research on your what you've done and it's you have said that my mission i guess is to offer a, a reminder that wherever you're from whatever your background if there's something you want to do then there is a way and i love that because it's so i think this is exactly why you're such an amazing person to have on this podcast because it's just proof that you, you know you can do it if you want to um you you don't need loads of planning you don't need loads of money you don't need loads of training you just need that little spark um mm. 
and the com- I guess it's the confidence as well because I think that can often kind of knock people um it's that confidence to do it but it's it's just you know proof and, and I love that as well that you don't plan too much because I think often expectation can hinder happiness can't it especially when you start looking on Instagram and you think oh I want to go to this place looks amazing look at all these amazing pictures and then you get there and you're like "Mm, that's not so good so the fact that you're just sort of seeing it through quite raw eyes as well as I'm I'm sure has kind of helped that that excitement yeah I think so I mean I'm I'm the first I'm the first to say you know I'm a white middle class guy so building that confidence is you know confidence builds the more you do whether you succeed or not um you just realize that all those those excuses that you made before you started doing the stuff um so many of them were just nonsense and they were they were a waste of energy and time and that I think that's the case for for anyone there is a way to 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 do the stuff that you want to do Uh, and the more you think dwell on the excuses the the slower you're going to get there um, I think I think that's that's pretty straightforward. I think you know I I also talking about a kind of fortune and privilege. I I never really realised for a long long time that I didn't I didn't think twice about wild camping because I just I I I just knew I could I could talk my way out of it if I <laughs> you know if if someone came across me. But um, I I completely understand that it's not that it's not that simple for everybody um and it depends where you are exactly and and how you react to different situations and all i all i know is we're all delta hand we've got to make the most of it i think if it was really all that simple then every white middle class male would have gone off and done amazing adventures but i'm pretty sure at 40 or 45 a lot of them are still playstation addicts rather than having made the most of their time so um uh while, while I definitely take what I say with a pinch of salt there's, there's you know there's a there's a world out there to go and get and it might be at the end of your garden it might be across across the planet but um yeah forget the excuses <laughs> for Absolutely. sure so let's talk about the big sky hideaway so was this a <laughs> was this one of those yes say yes more ideas or is this you know that sort of came within six weeks you suddenly had this idea and you thought I'm going to build a campsite and with alpacas and chickens and everything <laughs> or has this been something that's been kind of the back of your head for a while and it's just suddenly happened now yeah I mean everything I've done has been on on a pretty slow burn and Big Sky where I'm speaking to you from now is uh, a real surprise to me honestly uh i i met em my now wife at the first yes tribe new year's party in 2016 and ever since then ems has helped me run say yes more manage the team set up our yesables our annual storytelling festivals and also look after the yes bus which is a, a community-based camp project that we we just decided to convert bus and turn it into a solar powered base camp and found a really clever member of the tribe to to design it all and then Ems and I ran it from a rented spot of land in in Sussex after a while the landlords became it was just so hard to deal with and we just thought how nice it would be to have our own place where we could put the bus but also get people camping a little business just to tide everything over and then and then 
April 1st, 2017 was one of my Yes Tribe April Fool's jokes. And I totally lied that morning saying we've been given 30 alpacas and everyone went mental for it. You know, it's still probably the most popular post on the Yes Tribe. And I felt so guilty because people are like, oh, I want to look after them, that you should call them this. So ever since then, every, people have been like, have you got the alpacas yet, you idiot? Um, I was really excited about that. So slowly all of these things, a love of getting people outside, say yes more, the yes bus needing a new home, uh, all of this stuff just, just conglomerated. And then um, COVID came along and normal life ended. There was going to be no, no more adventures for a good while speaking and running workshops which is my kind of living off the side of the adventure stuff all stopped and Ems and I looked at each other and thought maybe this is the time we we try and make this work we definitely didn't have enough money but we started looking opened up hundreds of tabs of awesome properties around the UK and then in between lockdowns in 2020 we started to look at a few physically and then Ems randomly just just found this place here in Lincolnshire I wasn't with her, but she she dropped me a line, sent me some photos and said, I think you're going to love this place. And by the end of the day, without having even seen it, I looked at M's videos and Google satellite view. And by the end of the day, we had a name, we had a logo. We had a, I designed the whole website and the whole vision just kind of came came down from five years of dreaming about all stuff. And bang, there it was. And we used that plan to to get investment from friends who really believed in our Yes Tribe mission. And we ran a crowdfunding campaign. And in 2020, December, we moved into Big Sky and we've got alpacas and two converted buses and a couple of pods. And we've had alpaca babies. The alpacas arrived on April 1st last year and nobody believed us. But we had the last laugh. <laughs> It just shows you've got to be uh, careful about what you um what you do I April know. Fools about because oh my god, India! <laughs> what an expensive April Fools joke that turned out to be. Um, yeah. but it's incredible. I'm still we're still pinching ourselves over a year on, but we've we've learned so many skills and because um, I'm sure it's come with its challenges. You know, it's oh sort of god, yeah. it, I've I've. I've Watch, watch one of your first videos when you just moved in you were kind of doing all your plans and it's like a mm. Facebook live I think and then it's followed your journey since and it, on paper it's like you're living the dream you know you've got this beautiful mm. has got those grounds you can do whatever you like but there's there there is I'm sure it's not all super easy dreamy skipping along with alpacas every day sort of how how do you now deal with that difference I guess of having quite a lot of responsibility um mm. within this campsite and the yes tribe and everything that comes with it compared to that freedom that you would have felt when you were skateboarding across Australia how do you yeah. kind of weigh that up yeah no it's a really really good point I think life has, has definitely dramatically changed and for those for those first 10 years when I was adventuring, I barely paid rent. I, I was just super free, not spending anything and and therefore being able to go and spend time doing the stuff I really wanted to because um, life was pretty low level. Now we we owe a lot. We borrowed a lot of someone else's money to be here. We've we've got seven alpacas and eight chickens. We've got a dog and a cat and 
yeah and a huge amount to do like looking after guests when they come at the same time is still thinking about adventures still going off and doing talks and workshops and uh, managing say yes more too so yeah I mean in terms of responsibilities I think I'd really encourage anyone who's listening who doesn't have a huge amount of responsibilities yet just hold off as long as you possibly can because the more you do that the more freedom you have the 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 better you start kind of scribing your life or you you know as long as you're true to yourself you'll work out when the right time to to add a bit more responsibility is you'll be stronger for it and you won't have kind of kicked all that potential freedom and all the learning that comes with that in the teeth just because you decided to buy a house early or whatever it might be um we all manage different responsibilities in different ways of course but i'm i'm pretty cool with it now yeah loads of challenges here and last year was fairly dark ironically considering we found our what we hoped would be our forever home going through planning permission for what turned out to be almost eight months and all all the while there was a really good chance that we weren't going to get it and would therefore have to sell this place and find somewhere else and another kind of two-year process that was really hard to stomach but luckily we kind of got through that and yeah it feels like we're we're merging from that tunnel now there's we're surrounded by light and uh we're getting to the point where we've kind of worked out how to piece together all the infrastructure and we're getting creative now which is beautiful it's a really nice place to be in and guests are starting to arrive and it's just it's wicked we've created a place that needs to be shared and it's uh yeah it's so so cool I look out my window now in you know I've got an office I I used to just like sleep in London parks in a hammock in between trips and work literally just have my, my I'll be 10 meters up with with a laptop and that's how I, that was my office and now I've got a room and I look out and I can see the alpacas through through the woodland and oh it's mad yeah life is totally different but I'm I think my shoulders are bearing it okay yeah yeah, yeah. I mean I imagine getting that guest feedback makes it all worthwhile a lot of that time you know when you're you're making this thing mm. and you've got this idea and you know it's going to be amazing and when other people benefit from it um benefit from being outdoors from being around the animals from I guess I know that you've got things like compost toilets and it's that idea of creating that low level living ethos is that right um yeah. that must feel really humbling that you've created this and people are, are having this positive experience from it um we're interested a bit to hear a bit more about that this low level living um, concept because mm. i know it's it's it, i understand it's quite an important thing, kind of theme at, at at the campsite can you tell me more about it yeah for sure i mean i'm i'd like to preface this with I, I'm no hippie like I'm not <laughs> I'm not like kind of you know I don't like talk to mother earth or any of that stuff I just but I I just kind of I feel really lucky to to be around I do like you know being in the outdoors it just kind of is really freeing and I I think you know for, for decades and decades humans have obviously you know they have a huge impact on the planet and each other and I just I really want to kind of go through life working out how I can tread as lightly as possible at the same time as making the most of uh, how lucky we are just to be humans you know with the creativity and intelligence and or well, supposed intelligence that comes with that uh, so 
yeah big sky is just a just a small kind of microcosm of of trying to do the right thing you know compost toy we're we're pretty off grid most of our land um the house isn't although we're i'm working towards like we've got loads of solar on the roof now and we're we're moving towards going off grid the whole site is renewables powered by a couple of gas bottles and we've just kind of worked out how to how to do that one it keeps the bills down two obviously our carbon output is is practically zero um and that just feels good you know it's crazy to me that normal toilets kind of flush seven to ten liters of perfectly decent drinking water away oh when, yeah compost you know, toilets are amazing compost toilets are genius if you I do them well they, them. Do, they don't smell smell they look yeah. absolutely brilliant because of one my uh extremely good work with pallets and two m's fascination with fairy lights and, <laughs> that's you know, good to know uh, actually <laughs> that's good because we're getting uh, we're getting married next year and uh the can we get married married oh, we've already booked but the place that we've got married actually sounds very similar and the reason that i fell in love with it because there was compost toilets on the site but they don't look that appealing uh, so that's a good idea shovel over yeah, fairy lights on the compost fairy, toilets yeah fairy lights change everything i think the okay. best quote we had last year was from someone who visited just for the day and they went into one of the toilets and they came out and they said i'm gutted i didn't need a poo because i love being in there <laughs> that's i mean if that's not a testimonial i don't know what is um <laughs> yeah so much else like going going on in in that respect we've got you know the we've planted hundreds of trees we've got a few more hundred going in and then before the end of march um so we'll have about one and a half thousand new new trees planted on site and then the 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 toilet waste that's composted down over the first year feeds them um you know the alpaca alpaca poo is absolutely amazing it's like magic beans for gardeners you can put it straight onto stuff um it doesn't need any time to mature we even compress it down into fire bricks and after a season of of drying out there they don't smell at all and they burn longer than wood does um it's absolutely amazing yeah we're just doing all kinds everything's on solar panels and i love boiling the kettle and thinking we didn't pay a penny for that you know yeah. that's just there's so much sun yeah. and we uh we you feel we like you're kind of kind of cheating the the big man don't you like look at this my it's just completely free <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah it's just sensible it's it's the way things are going there's a bit of an investment up front but it definitely pays itself back and it's so nice once it's in paying much much less we're so lucky with all of this you know, as energy and oil, et cetera, goes up and up and up at the moment, we feel really insulated against that because we we live on electric from the sun. And it's, um, the suit, you know, if you're in a position to do it, just do it because it's it feels good. And you start to understand your energy too. It's like being being a bit more in touch with the things you use and consume. It just, it just makes sense. Yeah, um, it sounds like you get so much out of living like that and the planet does as well. So it's just win-win um so i've got a question i'd like to ask you that i ask all my guests which is looking back at the ripples you've made in your life what are your biggest lessons that you've learned for keeping your mind and body healthy hmm good question i mean i think being just being true to yourself in every decision i think you know when when a big decision is coming that you know the answer um, and you can be kind of 
misled by temptation or uh or or ego or whatever it might be but you always know what the right thing for you is somewhere between your head and your heart and your gut and you've got to learn to listen to that voice and i think the best way to do that is to just to spend a lot of time outside never make a big decision in a room you know if you've got a conversation that you need to have with someone a boss or a partner you don't think it's going to be very comfortable do it on a walk you know don't do it within four walls i think those are my those are my residing principles when it comes to making big decisions which are those those like cruxes of where life's going to go next and i think as as long as you're really really honest with yourself then um yeah you you're never going to avoid all the curveballs in life and success for me is being able to adapt uh so yeah um good decisions stay outside and i'm not going to say yes more but you should <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that, that had to be in there didn't it no that's brilliant thanks yeah. thanks and yeah totally make makes sense so obviously we don't know when your next adventure is going to be your next you know expedition is going to be hmm. who knows maybe it'll be on an alpaca i'm sure people have, 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 oh have asked God. you that question a few times is it going to be riding an alpaca across the sahara <laughs> desert i don't know maybe <laughs> you never Covered know <laughs> yeah oh lovely yeah <laughs> <laughs> but if anyone wanted to sort of follow your journey or even go and stay at big sky the highway well, how can they do that yeah cool so uh the adventure stuff is it's just my name.com davecornthwaite.com if you can't spell cornthwaite just dave corn will get you there that's my little tag on the instagram say yes more is say yes more.com or search on facebook for the yes tribe and yeah we're at bigskyhideaway.com uh and you can have a look at our school bus and the yes bus you can stay on that now and uh we'll just come camping have a campfire yeah yeah just have a little Google. The internet makes it very easy these days, doesn't the it? The internet does make it very easy, I have to say. But, you know, <laughs> I, like to, I like to share all the handles and everything at the end. It's always good. Um, cool. Well, thanks so much, Dave. Um, I would love to come and stay at Big Sky Hideaway one day. It is definitely on my list of places to, to come to. And um, I wish you all the best for the summer, which is just around the corner. So I'm sure you're, you're going to be busy, but it's going to be awesome. Absolutely. It's getting warmer. The alpacas are waiting. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Start a Ripple podcast. If you like what you heard, then please do write a review. It helps other like-minded souls find this podcast too. And if you want to get in touch, then the best way to speak to me is probably via Instagram. And my handle is at with underscore India. All right, take care and speak to you soon.